how many of us have heard about uh, what the military terms as uh, collateral damages? Collateral damages. When military men are talking about collateral damages, they are talking about maybe they have shelved somewhere. Paraventure, some uh, civilian might got heated and some civilian might be killed. So the military will term this particular one collateral damages. So it seems as if they don't even value the life of human beings. Praise the Lord. Somebody says something in the Bible. He said, you know nothing at all. You do not realize. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people that than that the whole nation perish. And not only for the nation, but also for the scattered children of God. To bring them together and to make them one. Let's open our Bible to John 11. From verse 49 through 52. John 11. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider it as expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. Verse 52, And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Go further to 53, brother. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. You see, Cyphus, he prophesies that we need one collateral damages. That is, who we die, that we bear our sins, that we carry everything away, instead of the whole nation to perish. They were planning. And who are they planning about? Jesus Christ. So today, we are still celebrating the restoration of Jesus Christ. So I will title my message, Celebrating the Victory of the Cross. Celebrating the Victory of the Cross. The victory on the cross has given us the window of joy. Hebrew 12.2 Let's see what it says. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Many Christians today, we look at these verses, we begin to wonder, what was the joy? Why are we saying they have killed somebody and we are now celebrating? 
What could that joy be about? Hanging Jesus Christ on the cross? Is that a joyful thing? We have had so many atrocities that the ISIS people are doing. Can somebody say he's celebrating that? So, what will actually be joyful about Jesus being hanged on the cross? I want you to ask yourself, the kind of pain you are going through, whenever you are sick, or something happened to you, can we as Christians see anything in our life which when we were under extreme pressure that was joyful? If you are under pressure, extreme pressure, can you see it as a joy? Can you see that scenario as a joyful thing? But Hebrews 12, 2 means exactly what it says. So, what is he saying? For the joy that was set before him. Somebody is going to die. Somebody is to be killed. And we are saying the joy has been set before him. We are the joy that was set before him. We are the joy that was set before him. And why? And what is the purpose that this, that we are the one that we are the joy that was set before him. The purpose is for us to be saved. That's why I mentioned collateral security. We can begin to relate what Jesus has done to this. God has made us before him. Our, our, our being saved become a joy for Jesus Christ. God has opened up a window for Jesus to see the multitude saved. When he was on the cross, he began to appreciate God. Not because of him, but because of you and I. That's why he's appreciating God. So these are the things that this Hebrew 12 is talking about. The joy that was set before him. So for the windows that God has opened for him to see individuals to be saved. By allowing his pain to turn to joy in his heart. That pain that he went through is a victory that we are still celebrating up to today. God let him see you and me in churches around the world being delivered being set free from the bondage of sin. That is victory. That is victory we ought to be celebrating. And that is what we are still celebrating up to now. And I'm sure, maybe because we are working here, but I want you to flash your memory back to your home country. How this is being celebrated. It's a special day. For every family. The children are looking for new clothes. The, the parents are also looking to, to, to surprise their children with new clothes. Even some old, older ones among us also go for new clothes. It's a joyful thing that we have been celebra- celebrating ever since then. And not just that alone. 
He's delivering us, He's setting us apart from the bondage of sins. His crucifixion set us apart from the bondage of sin. And not just that alone, we are being made a joint here with Him in the kingdom of heaven. He has gone there to make a place for who? For you and I. And he has promised to come back to take us. This is part of the joy. If devil have known that this, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, will turn to this type of great joy, he will never allow him to be crucified. He will never. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Amen. We are celebrating that victory today. We are rejoicing in that victory today. What are the situations you are passing through? Can it be up to somebody that is being nailed? You are feeling headache? You are scared? You, are have, you have runny stomach? You are scared? It's not up to what Christ has passed through. All you need is to believe that with Him die on the cross, the victory is certain. And the victory is yours. Amen. God is bigger than every mountain in our life. He's bigger than every problem that we might be facing. Amen. All you need to do is to be focused and believe that He has died on the cross and He has taken every disease away. So, God has given us window to the future. And what is this window? That is Jesus Christ, which we always look at. To this, we have to celebrate His victory at cross. There's a popular song that we used to sing. I think I will want the choir to help me Hallelujah. sing this one. Celebrate. Jesus celebrate. Celebrate. celebrate Jesus celebrate. Let's rise up. Let's rise and he lives forevermore. I want you to dance. I want you to dance. We are celebrating. He is risen. Come on and celebrate. Come on, celebrate. Come on and celebrate. Come on. Come on and celebrate. The resurrection of our Lord. Celebrate. Celebrate. Jesus, celebrate. Celebrate. Jesus, celebrate. Celebrate, 
to the world. These are the things that God, that Jesus' death has given unto us. Hope to the hopeless, strength to the weak, knowledge to the ignorant. And he has given the peace to the one who had no peace at all. And the salvation to the entire world. A window of a future of salvation. Even the nail cannot close that window. God said he will open a double, double door that no one will be able to shut in. That is in the book of Isaiah. The nail, the nail in his hand cannot even shut this window. And we are still celebrating it up to today. Our vision here all the window is Jesus Christ. And that is why that Hebrew 12 is telling us to look at Jesus. He set the example for us to follow. You may have financial trouble, or sickness, or death in the family, enemies, or whatever. But you still have that window to look at. You still have that window to look through. When you look through Jesus, all these things we are talking about, you will see yourself as being victorious in every area of your life. You have a vision. You have a dream. You are planning for your future. Either the future of your spouse or the future of your children. Look through that window. First Corinthians, let's see First Corinthians fifteen. Well, fifteen fifty six to fifty seven. The string of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God has given us Victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to hold on to this. We need not to doubt. Pastor was talking about doubting yesterday. We need not to doubt. Don't see that story as just a mere story. 
We are just telling you what has happened in the past. And that you are still enjoying that victory. You are still celebrating that victory. Up to this moment. Let me just give us a flashback. Let's remind ourselves concerning some observation in the past. So that we can understand this victory. I'll be looking at Leviticus 16, John 19, and Hebrew 10. I said from the beginning that Jesus was uh, uh, collateral damages. Now, I will use another language. Jesus was our scapegoat. Jesus was our scapegoat. And what is scapegoat? Someone who is punished for the errors of others. When we were in secondary school, if, if some group of you commit offense, if you are smart, you will run away. If you are waiting, in Nigeria, our teacher, they beat very well, they will flog you. They don't mind that others have gone. They will, hold, they will make you the scapegoat of others. So Jesus Christ has been made as weeping boy. Just because of you and I. Because of you and I. Leviticus 16, 15 to 16. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering, that is for the people, and bring his blood within the veil, and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock, and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat, and before the mercy seat. Verse 16. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place, because of the unclean, uncleanness of the children of Israel, and because of their transgressions in all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. You see, to make unclean clean, they have to kill goats. They have to sprinkle the blood. That means this should be done repeatedly. That was then, during the time of Moses. That was what they were doing. Verse 21. The, then Aaron shall lay both of his hand on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the sons of Israel and all their transgressions in regard to all their sins. And he shall lay them on the head of the goat and send it away. So it means if they are still doing that today, it, those people that are selling goats, because we have so many churches now. Every church has to go there and get the goat to clean the sins of you and I. But that has been wiped out by the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It's a victory. We don't have to pay for anything. He has paid for all. Verse 22 of that. Brother, if you have it. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities. Unto a land not inhabited. And he shall let the go, goat in the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities. Can you imagine that as many goats we have these days? But Jesus Christ has paid the ultimate price. 
just because of you and me. That is why we have to celebrate. That is why we are celebrating Easter. So Jesus Christ has been made as our scapegoat. He has been turned to the weeping boys. The weeping boy on behalf of you and myself. So you can see that we need to celebrate him. Because by the time he was killed, he looked through that window and see the joy that you are saved and I'm saved. And this is the joy that we should keep celebrating every time. Jesus was also our sacrifice. Hebrew 10. Hebrew 10 verse 9 to 10. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. By this we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Once and for what? For all. It's not going to be repeated. During the time of Moses, in the book of Leviticus, they will repeat it often. From time to time they were repeating it. But right now, Jesus has paid that ultimate price. It's not going to be repeated again. I will skip uh, John 19. You can read it. That is account of how Jesus Christ was persecuted, how he was killed. I don't need to tell you that story again, you know. And Jesus Christ is our high priest. Hebrew 10, 12. Hebrew 10, 12. Jesus Christ is our high priest. But he, when he has offered one sacrifice for sin of forever, sat down on the right hand of God. He is right now sitting down at the right side of God. That is why he has said he is going there to make a way for us. To make a place for you and I. So that when he comes back, he will take us along. For your victory to be, to be perfect. For your victory to be completed. All you need to do is to get away from what can prevent you from having this total victory. He is our high priest. He is, maybe I should call him the senior advocate in heaven. He is the one that is, whenever you do something, that devil has come to report you. He is the one that is defending you before God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, I have three reasons here to celebrate the victory of this cross. Number one, the love of God. Our Father presented us a picture of His love. There is a popular scripture that we all know, John 3.16. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, and He has given His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not do what? Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This eternal life, we need to enjoy it. We need to embrace it. God has shown us this love. He has shown us that 
He loves us. How many of us can allow us, any of our child to be the scapegoat? No? You won't want that. How many of us can say, okay, the whole church, we need somebody that will carry, that will receive punishment on their behalf. In fact, there is this sounds in Nigeria that one man said, God has offended him. He wants to revenge. He said he wants to revenge. God has offended him. He wants to revenge. Then he went to the church with cutlass. And he stood at the, at the altar and said, God has offended me. I want to revenge. And he brought out the cutlass. Suppose he comes here today. What will you do? You see somebody with cutlass. In fact, before this door is open, I'm sure many of us will fly out of the window. So you can see the love that God has for us. I give you a last life testimony. One man came to our church. He dressed like a uh, in Nigeria. He came. He, he dressed like a mad fellow. He just entered the church. People were scared. Because he, he, he came with a very big stone. As if he wanted to hit somebody. Everybody started running at Askelta. But the pastor knew about it. The usher knew about it. The man was a pastor. He just wanted to test the faith of everybody. He dressed like a madman. He has taken permission from the from the pastors, pastoral team. And the usher had been alerted. Because when, when the usher saw him, they wanted to bundle him out of the premises. So he was kept somewhere. Messages was going on this way. The man suddenly ran inside and said, Yes, I will kill him. I will kill you. I will. Before you know it, the whole church scattered. Praise the Lord. Nobody wants to die. We are talking of heaven. Heaven is sweet. Heaven is sweet. Nobody wants to die. But Jesus Christ, even when Peter was trying to say nothing will happen, he rebuked him. He was ready to die just because of you and I. So that that victory we will celebrate. I was expecting us to dance. Maybe, Pastor Shell, next time you, I will call you up here. You know how to move the gathering to make people dance. Because we are celebrating the victory. Praise the Lord. Romans 5, 8. For God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners. Even despite the fact that God is demonstrating this love, we are yet sinners. But what happened? Christ died for us. We need to celebrate. We need to party about this. I'm sure many of us that we feel shy to dance here. When your company is doing uh, end of the year or whatever, we do it in our company. We dance. I dance there. End of the year party for my company. Also, I dance here. So, don't feel ashamed to express your joy. To show your appreciation before God. And dance. I love one of our fathers here. Used to sit somewhere there. 
whenever there is, uh, the praise and worship is ministry, he danced this way. He danced this way and come to the middle here. He danced to the life, danced to the right. That is celebrating God. Jesus paid the price for our redemption. That is number two. He paid the price for our redemption. The first one, why we have to celebrate is love of God. Second one is that Jesus paid the price for our redemption. First Peter one, first Peter chapter one, eighteen and nineteen. Knowing that we were redeemed, not with the corruptible things, but with silver or gold, from your vain manner of life handed down from your fathers. Praise the Lord. You were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold. I know, we, we know what is perishable. We might be thinking that gold is not perishable. When you compare the blood of Jesus to, to gold and silver, they are perishable. They, they, they are perishable things. If you go to the fruit section of Lulu, you will see some fruit. At a point, they will take them away. You are not possessed with this kind of thing. Not even with money, but with blood. And not with the kind of blood that is being offered during the time of Moses. But with the precious blood of Jesus. So you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold for your, for your futile way of life. Of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless. The blood of Christ. That is what we are redeemed with. This is what was used to redeem you and I. That is why this celebration, the victory on the cross, we need to celebrate it. Brethren, when you get home, begin to appreciate God. I asked the other time that testimony. Look, let me tell you, for, for you sleeping and waking up every day is a testimony. There are a lot of people that they will sleep. Nothing happened to them. But they will not wake up in the morning. It's privilege that we have. It's a testimony. The same road you are passing through. So many people have passed through there. We have seen a situation whereby somebody just sits down. And before you know it, it's gone. So our testimony is every day. Our testimony is every second. Even if you are not coming out here to say testimony, begin to express it in your mind. God will know that you appreciate God. Number three. God offers us His pardon and redemption. Second Corinthians 5.21 Second Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 
God made him who has no sin to be seen for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When we celebrate Jesus' victory on the cross, we live in victory. We live victoriously. Don't be sad. If you see someone's situation that you are feeling that your situation is the worst, I'm telling you, by the time you see somebody else, you will know that your situation is better. We all know Rat, right? Rat. Rat, Rat is, was complaining that he is not tall. He was complaining, I'm not tall as big as lion or elephant. Let me use elephant. But, you know, when he saw ant, he said, oh, glory be to God, I'm taller than this. And, you know what? The ant itself, he looked at the rat. You are saying you are taller than me. I'm also taller than the ground I'm walking on. So can you see that no situation, even the ground itself is higher than one another. I'm standing here. There is mountain behind. So your situation is not the worst. Your situation is not the worst. Forget about the, the, the trouble that Satan is causing. Press forward. Celebrate the victory. In fact, in celebration you receive more. Even your enemy will ask you, what is happening? Upon every arrow and fire we are sending to you, you are still rejoicing. God will send confusion to the camp of your enemy when you celebrate. Let me tell you, this is how to live in victory. As I said, you have to live in victory. You need to pin the devil against God. How do you do that? You don't just challenge devil on your own. Let's look at the book of uh, Jude 9. Jude 9. Jude is only one book. Jude 9. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, thus not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. Praise the Lord. How do you pin devil against God? But even when Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not... Angels did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply say, the Lord rebuke you. That is why when a thought, an evil thought comes into your mind, you need to rebuke it immediately. You pin it to God. You say, Lord, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. So this, this is how to celebrate, because when you are celebrating victory, Devil will come and tell you, look, you are celebrating. Look at the result of your child. Okay, he has been the first person, but what has he scored? He is trying to divert your attention from your 
celebration. Rebuke him immediately. That is how to celebrate the victory. Again, you need to stay in position. You need to, in Nigeria, you say, I stand Gidiba. Mean that you are firmly footed on the ground. You see, when you see some people, they walk in the way of I full ground. They are not walking as if breeze is carrying them. They walk majestically and mightily in Lord. When you are celebrating your victory, let people see it in you. Stand in position. Stay in position with God. Let people know that you are serving a living God. No matter the situation, only God can deliver you. And sin is the only thing that can create barrier between you and God. So get rid of this. When you have this, you have. When you get rid of the sin, leave the rest for God to do. I move faster now. Keep on and use your weapon every day. Keep on and use your your vision, uh, your 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 weapon every day. What is your weapon? One of your weapon is the wall of God. It's the sword. It's the sword that you can use. First John five. I read four and five. For every child of God defeat this devil. This evil world. And we achieve this victory through faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Our theme for this year is evangelism. Brethren, you are anointed of God not only to preach the gospel to the poor. But to defeat the work of the devil. That is part of your assignment. And that is the joy. You are preaching the word. At the same time, you need to pin devil against God. And defeat him. As we celebrate the victory at the cross, let us ask ourselves this question. Have I accepted by faith that Jesus is God, is God the Father's only prescribed plan for how I can enter into the kingdom of God. Have I let his blood to be applied to my life? We have been talking, the blood is splitted, is splitted. Have you allowed that to be applied to your life? Ask yourself, have I allowed him to set me free? By accepting him. His full payment on my behalf. He has made the full payment with his blood. So, ask yourself. If you have accepted him. If not, am I willing to come to Jesus and receive him by faith now? We used to make other calls. Have you taken that decision to accept him completely? It is then that your victory will be perfect. It is then that your victory will be noticed. There are some victory that, that some people will have some victory, they won't be able to celebrate it. But God has not made your own victory to be like that. 
is victory everywhere. Brethren, at this point, I want to believe that whatever be your heart desire that you want God to do for you, only what you need to do is to believe. There is no mountain that he cannot move. The stone was rolled away. Nobody can explain how it was rolled. All we had as the angel said, don't be afraid. The one you are speaking for is no longer here. So brethren, I'm telling you, whatever you are passing through, don't be afraid. Believe that you are celebrating the victory. Whatever you are passing through now, if any of your bosses or anything, you need one assistance somewhere, and somebody says it's not possible, I'm assuring you right now, that the hand of God will go to that place that someone is saying it's not possible. The God of every possibility will make it possible in Jesus' name. So, in closing, all I will just encourage us is to believe that the precious blood has been splitted. Not because of pastor alone. Not because of elders alone. Not because of praise and worship alone. Not because of everyone that comes here alone. But because of you and I. Even those outside. That is why we have the team. Preach the word. Bring them in. Let them enjoy from this great victory. That you have known. That is why you are encouraged to preach the word. While you are preaching the word. Also try to defeat Every plan of devil, every work of devil, defeat them. And as we do this, the Jesus Christ, who has split his blood, will redeem us, will bring us back, and will help us to bring the lost soul back in the mighty name of Jesus. So brethren, at this point I will call the elders also to come out. If you want a touch on certain area of your life, you can come forward because the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ will bring an end to all your problems. It brings an end to every sorrow in your life. It will bring an end to every sickness in your life. Even every failure in your life. This restoration will bring an end to it. So this is a great opportunity that we are celebrating our victory night that fall into the restoration. So if you have any area you want God to touch your life, I beseech you, let the men of God lay hand upon you and split that blood again upon you so that every problem in your life will end today and you shall never see them again in Jesus' name. Today is the end of your poverty. Today is the end of your backwardness. While I call upon the choir, as they minister to us, if you want a touch, you should come out. You want a touch? 
there is somewhere or on behalf of someone you want to pray on behalf of somebody you can stand in the garden. So just come forward and the peace of God will be upon you. For the rest of us that are sitting down, come sister, come, 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 come. I call on the elders. And pastors, he touched my life with his hand. And my As life began to thank God. Jehovah touched my life with his hand. That he has risen from this place. He touched my life. He touched my life with his hand. My life changed. He touched my life.
Oh. Uh... 
Imagine that. How great is our God. Church, let's give a clap of victory. That is a clap of success. But now we are going to give a clap of victory. It's got to be bigger. A clap of victory is when you decree that there is no failure in your life. Everything from now is about victory. Your walk is victory. Your talk is victory. And that's the way we are going to live. We just heard that Christ died on the cross so that you and I can live. You and I are not just to live. You and I are to live victoriously. So let's walk and talk that way. Let's just give glory to God at this time. Let's just thank the Lord for who He is for what he's done, for every victory that has been wrought in our lives. 
for every stigma of defeat that has been taken away from our lives. It no longer exists. It's history. Don't even think about it. All the pain you brought, leave it behind. It's history. Walk out of this hall this evening with victory. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the victory that you have given us, Lord Father. And we thank you, Lord, that today we stand as victorious people, Lord Father. We talk as victorious people. We sing as victorious people. And we're going to live our lives day after day as men and women of victory. We thank you, Lord, for every victory that you have brought into our life. Most of all, we thank you, Lord, that through what you did on that cross, you have helped us defeat our walk into hell. But you have brought us into heaven, Lord Father. And Father God, we are thankful that tomorrow our walk is in your direction, Lord Father. We give all glory to you. Thank you, Father, for this time. Thank you, Father, for the words we have heard. Thank you, Father, for your servant whom you used to this day, Lord Father. And we pray, Lord Father God, that you will continue to use your people, Lord Father. Anoint them, Lord Father, that they will bring across to us more words of victory. More words of encouragement. Words that you give us, Lord Father. Father God, once again, we thank you for every one of us gathered here. And as we go out, Lord Father, I pray, Lord, that the words on our lips will be words of victory only. We will not bring back the defeats that we brought into the hall, Lord Father. We have forgotten them. Thank you, Lord Father, for what you have done for us. We give all praise, honor, and glory to you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as you step out in victory.